If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Monday, March 30th. S&P futures are trading about unchanged at 2520. The overnight low was about 2445. Asia finished in the red across the board for the most part, with the exception of Australia, and Europe is trading off a little bit more than 1%. Um, So there's a lot of news this morning to kind of run through, although I don't think a lot of it necessarily changes the narrative dramatically. So I'm just going to kind of go over a few major themes. Um, You know, obviously, we're coming off a week of of relatively healthy gains for the market as it rebounded from the low, about 20% trough to peak on the S&P. A lot of that was driven by technical factors. You had extreme oversold conditions. You had a lot of very forced, aggressive deleveraging coming to an end. And then you obviously had um, an unprecedented amount of stimulus, fiscal and monetary. I sent around a stimulus summary on Friday, just going through the various actions taken by governments around the world. Um, you know, But it really is safe to say that I don't think at a no, no, in no time in the last um, you know, s- several decades has this amount of stimulus been thrown at the market um, in any one month, um, far beyond what was uh, what took place during the financial crisis, um, again, both fiscal and monetary. And so I think that that stimulus will make it very difficult for the S&P to set a new low. So I think you can, um, you know, 2200 is going to be very difficult to break under. But I don't think stimulus alone can get the market above 2800 So I think the rebound rally that started last week has a little bit more to go. I think it can get above 2700 um, but to get beyond that, you're going to have to see, you know, fundamental, um, fundamental changes, including in the trajectory of coronavirus data, um, on earnings, on data, ex- on, on economic data, et cetera. And I think that's obviously it's too soon to really um, make that call. So, uh, just running through some of the news items. So Trump Sunday evening came out and extended the CDC coronavirus guidelines for another month. So they'll be in place until the end of April. Um, you know, I know he has been flirting for the last week with easing some of those restrictions. But I think most people appreciated that, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the decisions by governors who really have the final authority over this matter. And then also um, just based on the underlying coronavirus data. And you haven't necessarily seen a change in infection rates and hospitalizations and fatalities, et cetera. You have not seen an inflection point on that front that would justify the CDC to really come out um, and issue a, a dramatic easing of restrictions. So I think, and by the way, you also saw a lot of retailers over the last week come out and and essentially postpone um, the opening of their stores and casinos and theme parks, et cetera, postpone the opening of all that um, indefinitely. So I think most people assumed that the restrictions would stay in place you know, the month of April looks like it will be a critical point. You know, you have seen around the country some of the initial outbreak pockets. So Seattle and New Rochelle are moving in the right direction. So some of these restrictions, these uh, social distancing measures and the assembly restrictions do seem to be having an effect. So to the extent that they can be observed diligently over the coming weeks, you you definitely could see, um, you know, improvements in in key areas of the country, in which case then, Starting in May, you could start to see um, some of these restrictions ease. You should start to see the coronavirus data really improve. 
Um, you know, so this month is obviously, I think, going to be critical for that. But the restrictions are definitely going to be in place uh, for the next 30 days. You have, um, you know, I think the bulk of the stimulus, like I said, I think the market is uh, a lot of the stimulus is already embedded in the market at this point, but you are still seeing incremental action. So China came out overnight and cut its repo rate. You know, again, this isn't the main uh, interest rate in China, so I don't think it's a real dramatic move. This is the third time they've done it since November, but nevertheless, they did cut the repo rate. Japan is still moving forward with a large stimulus package. So this has been in the market for about a week now, but there are more headlines this morning about, um, you know, the the Japanese government moving forward with a plan that could be worth um, north of $500 billion. Um, and then you have, you know, a few more tweaks from the Fed um, about, about various different lending facilities and how they may target certain areas, including state and local government financing. You do have a few members of Congress talking about a fourth stimulus bill, um, although there definitely does not seem to be unanimity around this front. So I think you'd have to see you know, an incremental weakening in the uh, uh, of data. You'd have to see a worsening of the coronavirus crisis, I think, to really kind of muster the political will for a fourth bill. So if that were to come, it's probably not going to be until April or May. And it would be, again, it would be in response to a, a further weakening of, of just the fundamental backdrop. So I don't think people should really be expecting that imminently. On the tariff front, there's a lot of talk that the White House could suspend tariff collection for three months. Um, it's unclear the White House has informally announcement announced this. They may not formally announcement. Um, again, this is just a deferral of collections. It's not a cancellation of the tariffs. And I don't think you're really going to be seeing a lot of um, you know large orders for retailers at least for the next couple of months. So I don't I don't necessarily think that's going to be a big area of relief. I think. Um, you know, the White House is probably making a determination around, you know, balancing economics and politics. Tariffs are obviously a core part of Trump's political identity heading into an election. I think he's very loath to really back away from them. Um, and the White House is probably somewhat comfortable that you have enough fiscal and monetary stimulus that they may not have to scrap tariffs. So, you know, you may see some deferrals, but I don't think that's really going to be a huge, um, you know, a huge source of momentum for the economy. Uh, just looking through a few other items for this morning. So, you know, a, a few a few notable things to look at in Europe. Banks are getting hit in Europe. Banks are, are definitely underperforming. The ECB came out Friday afternoon during U.S. trading, but after Europe closed um, and strongly, strongly encouraged banks to reframe from capital returns. So until at least October. So deferral, deferring the 2019 dividends um, and suspending buybacks. You've had a few banks come out this morning and say that they would be observing the ECB rules, so Unicredit, ABM, AMRO, et cetera. Um, UBS said that they will still be moving forward with their 2019 dividend. Um, so that's definitely, you know, and you saw obviously in the US, you saw US banks um, a couple of weeks ago say that they will be suspending their buybacks for um, the duration of Q1 and then Q2 as well. You know, I think there's a big difference between Europe and US banks. US banks have capital to return. They are not capital constrained. They can still fund lending and return capital. I think in Europe, it's definitely a different story, where there is not too much capital, too much capital, capital to both return to investors and to fund lending. So I think Europe, European banks are definitely capital constrained. The U.S. banks, this is more a voluntary action, um, you know, as as they focus right now on the crisis and 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 the economy. So I don't think you you should not see U.S. banks keep the buyback, um, you know, cut off beyond June. And I don't think U.S. banks will be cutting their dividends either. Um, you are seeing a lot of pre-announcements. So I think that as Q1 comes to a close and companies will have a better sense of how their Q1 numbers are coming in, 
And I think it's safe to say that they've all, you know, dramatically undershot guidance. They're probably all tracking well below the street. You're probably going to see a very busy pre-announcement season. And you saw a few updates out of Europe. So LVMH came out Friday afternoon after the European close. This morning, ASML came out, ABB came out, AB and Android came out, all with um, negative pre-announcements, I think just kind of giving investors some clarity on where Q1 is actually tracking. Remember, a lot of companies have withdrawn guidance, but they were not able at the time, you know, over the last several weeks to kind of give firm color on how Q1 is tracking. So now that the quarter is coming to a close, a lot of companies will be able to give that specificity. So like I said, you had a bunch coming out in Europe this morning. I'd, I'd suspect you're going to see a lot in the US over the next two weeks. Um, earnings will formally start on the 14th in the US with banks. Airbus is very weak and it looks like um, EasyJet is threatening to declare a force majeure on their contracts with Airbus, which would be the first time that I've seen at least an airline um, you know, looking to to activate that type of a clause. And it isn't even clear if that clause is included in airline contracts. That usually is something that occurs in natural resources where some type of a natural disaster will usually allow contracts um, uh, you know, to be to be torn up. But EasyJet will be uh, attempting to use that in its uh, contract with Airbus. And so that aer- aerospace is definitely an area of weakness in the U.S. Um, so that's essentially it for today. Um, like I said, I think it's just going to be, I, I think you can have a little bit more in this rally to go above 2,700, but most of the stimulus actions, which are very substantial are embedded in the market. Now it's just going to be an issue of, you know, determining the size of the earnings, the economic crater being left by the coronavirus, the, the length of it. Um, and then just watching the numbers, on uh, the coronavirus figures daily from various different countries and cities to see if there's been, you know, any improvement in the big hotspots. There's not much on the calendar this week other than economic data. You're going to get a lot of March economic data. Um, you know, I think it's somewhat of an afterthought. I don't think markets are necessarily focusing too much on it. They appreciate that March will be weak and then April will be even weaker. Um, so again, it's just kind of watching the coronavirus numbers to see when you could start to see an inflection higher in the economic data. It will be a little bit interesting, at least, in, uh, to watch the China Chinese figures, given that the China coronavirus crisis you know, obviously peaked several weeks ago. So their March figures should see some improvement off of their February numbers. On the U.S. jobs, just quickly, the March jobs report is this Friday, but I think the weekly claims figures is probably um, the more important jobs figure now just for the coming week. So the Friday jobs report for March is probably going to be stronger than the actual labor economy is right now, just given the reference week occurred earlier in March before you start to see a lot of the coronavirus layoffs and furlongs hit. Um, you know, so I think the Thursday claims number will be more important than the Friday jobs report. Uh, so there's a lot more to kind of go through today. Um, you know, oil remains in an, in absolute depression. Oil prices are very weak this morning. Um, and you know, you, you have just ongoing negativity on both the supply front and the demand front. There's very little interest, uh, to touch that group. Um, and there's another report about Apple postponing iPhone 5 production. It's not an issue of the supply chain, which is up and running. It's just a question of demand and whether or not they want to launch this marquee product into um, you know, a very soft economic environment. So that is everything for today. There's nothing major on today's calendar specifically, nothing scheduled at least. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for listening.